but it, it won't it won't make any sense for video games hot dog because they won't have heard us saying this i'm zach i'm riff and i'm kevin and it's time for episode something 142 video games hot dog a podcast that we have forgotten how to do yay uh, riff yes how's it going buddy it's going going pretty good going going all right i've uh, i've been watching a whole lot of uh twitch playing pokemon oh seriously okay. i thought mm-hmm. you were gonna say you've been watching a whole lot of anime i have not actually been watching a whole lot of anime i'm kind of my my uh anime queue is kind of backed up hmm yeah, wait backed up what Oh, you're saying that the anime is piling up because you haven't been watching it, not yes. that like your anime well is dry. There's like a that you don't have a dearth of anime. Is it possible to have a dearth of anime? It seems like more anime is made every minute than could be watched in yeah. the rest in of a minute time. Not not necessarily good anime though, and it's difficult to it's no, difficult no, no. to said, find which ones are good without having to watch I said them. anime, so of course I'm not talking about good oh, anime. Oh, 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 oh. I, I believe you were just told. Riff. I guess so. I guess I will. I will. I will write that down for future an- reference. Future anime reference. Yes. How you guys been? Hot stuff and I. Fuck. Kevin and I went to uh, went to New York, and that was fun. Yes. We talked to some. We talked to all the video games mans at the Indicate East and the video games ladies, and uh, then we went to. Uh, we did. God, the Riff, best thing in you the would, entire you world. You would love the best thing in the world. <laughs> oh my God. I, mean, I would hope I would. You yeah. would love the best thing in the world. Uh, but we went to Sleep No More, yeah. um, which I guess we talked a little bit about it before. But uh, Kevin, you should you should describe to the listeners what Sleep No More is in your in your own words. What does Sleep No More mean to you? I don't want to describe too much about it because I don't. I want everyone to go do this, and I don't want to ruin it for them. The surprise, the the surprise I experienced when I found out what the scope of it was compared to like my already pretty high expectations yeah. based on finding out about it was like pretty good. So good. <laughs> uh, it is it's a sort of a non-linear interactive theater experience. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, I remember you guys talking about this. I think you're yep. in a big place. Yep. And you wear you're wearing eyes wide shut masks. Yep, and you're, you're not allowed to speak. Wandering around and there's stuff going on and there's you a are really cool to environment. Touch stuff. It is. It, it honestly was very much like the closest thing I think I have ever experienced to being in a video game in hmm. in my life. Like, and it wasn't like super systemic. Doesn't matter. Like it it felt a lot like being in like. It, it, so it, a first-person it, shooter, like explore, explorey game. It is a lot like The Last Express. Yeah, actually. sure. Except you can't. So the two two key the camera angles are, are better. Yeah, <laughs> you can't interact with uh, as many objects. You can't interact with any people really, and uh, you also can tell the walls apart. Yeah, <laughs> because there's more than one texture. <sighs> was the was the story interesting? Uh, it's hard to say. Yeah, that I would, part is. I would argue like, that there, there is, there is good narrative, but there's the the plot is kind of BS. It's it's confused. Yeah, you know, it's very it's very avant garde, and a lot of the a lot of the performance plays out as sort of it's modern dance, modern dance, yeah. and mm. like 
I just don't care. Mm, yeah. But there were there's a lot of nudity. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, but honestly, like, yeah, it is so amazing that uh, it is totally worth going. There's a you, you start off in this like speakeasy kind of little bar area, and uh, that's a bunch of fun and awesome. And they have extremely expensive drinks. Yeah, and they're not very good. Yeah, I didn't mind them. <laughs> that didn't stop me from drinking a bunch drinking of drinking like a hundred dollars worth of whiskey. <laughs> it wasn't really a hundred dollars worth of whiskey. It was, you know, right. What? It was a hundred. Co- so part of the problem was that they they uh, they they issue you a ticket with a designation on it. Yeah, <laughs> let's just be as vague as possible. And right after we got in there and ordered our drinks, they called. My designation. Yeah, Kevin in, but not me. And so... And we had both just, ordered drinks. Yeah, he just, like, mm. I was just there with two full drinks to start the night with. So then I was very drunk. But I I don't know, man. I, about halfway through, just... I was so overcome with how awesome everything was there. Like, I just, I don't... Like, it's been a long time since I was drunk enough. Giddy. <laughs> yeah, since I was, since I was like, drunk enough and in a good enough mood at the same time that I was, like, I, I just seriously had this thought, which I think I expressed to you, which was that, like, like if I had been born 10,000 years ago, as, as likely as not, it would have just been, like, oh, hey, world, oh, fuck, a bear, and then I'm dead. And right. then if I had been born 10,000 years from now, it would be, like, oh, hey, world, oh, fuck, a robot, and then I'm dead. <laughs> but, like... I am so glad that I am alive while that thing is there so that I could see it because it was yeah. so fucking good. Yep. And like I recognize how like I recognize how dopey this sounds, but like that is full on what I was experiencing probably as a result of the $100 worth of whiskey that I drank. I was I was regularly just like smiling from ear to ear from things I was seeing and and interacting with and stuff. Like it was there was just so much coolness is there on. is there enough going on that it bears repeat uh, I, I yeah. would definitely go again yeah I would absolutely do it again I in fact d- I it occurred to me that I should read spoilers about it on the internet but I think I might not because I think I might want to just go do it again hmm. yeah it would be interesting if there was like an embedded puzzle you could find or a, yeah. if there was a conversation that at one point you could overhear if you were in the right place that would give you a password that there would let are, you into a room you couldn't otherwise get to there are a lot of those things really? actually apparently and they not, are not puzzles necessarily well, but, but things like there are apparently a bunch of like if you are in this spot at this time then one of the cast members will grab you and take you away and maybe send you on a quest yeah ah. but you will but you alone right like there's a bunch of like one-on-one experiences that can be had. Some of it neither just, neither Zach or I had, but I saw a couple of them. I, I saw pe- a couple of people get inducted into like them. get whisked away. Huh. Um, yeah. Apparently, some of it happens by default under normal circumstances because like there's an elevator that is used in the very mm-hmm. beginning, but the elevators were out of service while we were there, so it was right. a little weirder. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, 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 there was an opportunity, I think, to get into a place where only a certain number of people were allowed to go to it that I did not take advantage of because... You did not know that that I didn't realize that 
that was a thing. Like there was a person standing in a place where I thought, ah, that person is there to stop me from going there. But then there was a phase change later that led me to believe, now oh, fuck, they were letting people through and then they stopped people from going there. So yeah, yeah it was, yeah, I want to do it again. Yeah, I would totally. It was again. so good. And I didn't, I don't think that I saw it be- it, it very much triggers my sort of inability to play a video game effectively because by of 3D being spaces. a bunch of 3D space. Yeah. The show, I, and I, I don't think it is ruining anything to express. I think, it, if anything, it like makes people a little more comfortable with the idea of it. The show repeats every hour. Um, there, is a, there is a sort of a culmination at the end that's different than the culmination of previous hours. But just because I happened to go back to the bar after one hour and then enter at approximately the same time, I just thought that I was moving randomly, but I did the exact same thing twice in a row and kept seeing the exact same things happening and being super freaked out because I was like, I had no idea that this is where I was last time. Like, I honestly believed that I was moving completely at random, but it was apparently, like, I guess I had the same seed. Maybe my RNG <laughs> is seeded with how many minutes it is past the hour. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm guessing that I saw maybe... 40 or 50% of the things that that could be seen. Well, no, probably not that. Like not the, the scenes that were happening? No, no, no. 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 Like, but I'm including the environment and stuff in Places, there. Yeah. I mean, I think I probably made it into 70% of the rooms. I have, but I have no good way of knowing. Like, I thought it was being pretty complete, but there were a bunch of, like, locked doors and stuff like that, that some of which might be locked, that they not be locked at other times. open yeah. throughout, over the course of time, yeah. Like, I definitely saw somebody come, there are, There was at least one one-way door that I saw mm-hmm. somebody come through and then I couldn't go in there after him. And I don't know if that was because they had a one-on-one thing in there yeah. or what yep. it was. But, uh, oh, God, so good. Yep. So, so good. So glad that I found out about that before we happened to be going to New York. Other than that, New York was real fucking cold, and we ate a lot of gross pizza. Uh, we ate some gross? good pizza, also. I thought it was. I thought it was almost all good. Eh, the street pizza was. Nah, well, you I should. You really, honestly, I was surprised that you just picked a piece of pizza up off of the, the street. Yeah. Did you guys ever see that? I think it was just an animated GIF of just like a crow flying across a road with an entire slice of pepperoni pizza in its beak. (laughs) It's just like, fuck yeah, that bird just nailed it. Like, good job, bird. Uh, Um, Indicate was cool, though. Very good for a bird. Indicate isn't good for birds? No, it's indoors. It's good. (laughs) If they find a bird in there, they're just going to kill it. Uh, we went yeah. to Indicate East. Uh, yeah, which took place at the Museum of the Moving, moving image. image. Yeah. Which I didn't actually... I was going to tweet this, but I didn't. There's Because of the way that the name of that place is printed on the windows outside, there is basically just an obelisk labeled Umhenge. <laughs> um, it was pretty good. Nice. Uh, it was a cool museum. They had... Uh, the, the first exhibit that you see when you walk in there is just a big entire wall projected with a bunch of animated gifs from right. a something awful forum contest nice uh, where like there was a video of some guy who fell over kicking Playing a soccer ball soccer, or something yeah. and they just oh, okay. photoshopped this guy falling over into a million different scenes um, including sort of a meta one where they they took all of the other people's animated gifs and put them on the wall of a gallery. Yeah, and they, they photoshopped the guy. They made a gif of somebody being interviewed in front of that exhibit. Yeah. And then that got appended onto the side of the exhibit. 
I didn't actually look around the museum very much. Like all of the mm. talks were really good. Yeah, that true. we went to like more, way more so than like I feel like a lot of the stuff that we did in Indicade West, we left thinking it was kind of a waste of time. But like almost everything that I saw, like presentation wise at Indicade East, was really good. It was a yeah. lot. It's it's weird. It Indicade East is super New Yorky, and Indicade West was super LA in some ways. Like, this all just took place in one building, and it was very cold, and everyone was dressed in black. And, and very fashionable. Yeah, very fashionable, and talking a lot about, you know, academic pursuits. They were brusque. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot, there was a lot more hugging. People and, were grouchy. At, at regular indicating. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fabulous people being fabulous at each other and having yeah. a triple half-calf soy decaf latte. Yep. Now I'm just trying to think about things from L.A. story. Oh. There was a billboard at Indicade West that would give you advice about your whether or not you should fuck a horse. Right. Um, the answer is always yes, by the way. This, why do you need a billboard to tell you that? Did you forget your mantra? I did. It's always, it's always a good idea to fuck a horse. That's my mantra. <laughs> hmm. uh, what, what, what did you do, Riff? It's been two weeks. What have you done with yourself? Um, watched a lot. Like I said, I watched a lot of uh, Twitch plays Pokemon. I uh, did you did you find that enjoyable? I I find I it, like hearing the stories about I, it, but it seems like it would just be super either frustrating or boring. To I watch. mean, I don't I don't watch it. I don't sit and watch it on its own like I would watch a TV show. I've been I've been doing a sort of I interrupted the other cross stitch project to do a sort of commemorative uh, uh, Twitch plays Pokemon cross stitch. So I've been I've been listening to an to an unrelated uh, Murakami audiobook while doing this cross stitch while while looking okay, over occasionally to see what Pokemon is doing. While it, knitting wait, a sweater with your feet. Mur- is Mur- <laughs> Murakami uh, the Wind Up Bird Chronicles yes. guy? Yeah. The one I've been I've listening only... to is uh, Hard Boiled Wonderland and the yeah. End of the World. I was about to say, that's the only one of his books that I've read. Is it a guy? Is it a, is it a, is it a he? I believe it is a he, yeah. Um, it was pretty good, though. Yeah. Uh, have, you, have you read um, Wind Up Bird Chronicle? I have not. I, I would recommend that one. That's that's my favorite one of his that I've read. So, are you finished with this new cross stitch project? Uh, I am nearly finished. Uh, I've got I don't know. I'm about halfway done, I guess. Wow, you get that spiraled backwards real fast. I mean, I guess I sort of I I'm gonna start it tomorrow. <laughs> well, it's not a it's not a complicated one because. It's a screenshot off of the stream, so it's almost entirely just black thread. So since there's no color switching to, to do, it goes a lot more quickly. Oh, I see. Why wouldn't you just do it on a black... No, no, it's black thread on, on a mostly yeah, white. Yeah, on, on a white background, yeah. The cloth is white. Oh, okay, right. okay. Whereas his other one is like hundreds of thousands of different colors of thread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow, you have like binders full of threads. Yeah. It's, and you were having a because they don't sell cross stitch thread by hex value. Yeah, they probably do sell it by Pantone, right? Like, well, well, I, don't, do you, I don't. If they, I did, don't if think they so. did, you the, could find the hex values. You, I mm. could. I might be able to find a translation from from uh, what's from name f- to, from French. D- DMC. I think is the company name to to cry. Pantone. But I've also I also have found a I found a tool that you can put in a a uh, hex color code and it will give you like the 20 nearest matches 
to the to the embroidery floss. So okay. you you it's called use floss. That. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, hmm. But yeah, you can Did use that to get like a starting point, and then the the problem is is that like there are color groups. Like there will be like three. Say say you've got like a particular shade of of green, and it'll give you the light version, the medium version, and the dark version of that particular hue which is useful if you only need three different shades of green. But if you need like five different shades of green, then you have to pull a couple from another group and you risk ending up with like, well, these greens are a little too blue to look good together or, you know, weird. it's just a weird kind of clusterfuck. And you need, you, and you have to do it during the day because like normal room lighting like alters how the colors look to you. But I mean, doesn't that? Aren't you gonna put it up on the wall in in some room that never sees daylight normally? Probably, but it's I don't know. I I can't really explain why it is like the 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 incandescent bulbs or something. I guess it's a different I don't know color if, temperature. Yeah, and it, and it sort of it it mutes the the colors in a, in a certain way that makes them. Like, you'll get halfway through working with a set of colors that looked fine at the time, and then you suddenly you realize that it just doesn't look right, and you have to undo it all and start over. So, yeah, that's that's really the pain in the ass is the color matching. But I, I will definitely choose a more simpler uh, color, uh, a more simply colored scene for my next project. Actually, I think I'm going to do uh, the next one is going to be... Uh, 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 what's the what's the big orange beaky thing from Super Metroid? Crocomire. The, the next one I'm going to do is going to be a Crocomire screenshot. But and he's mostly just oranges and browns, so that'll be a lot more simple. But yeah, I don't know why we talked that much about cross stitch. Um, <laughs> well, because that's what you've been doing. Although you're apparently getting addicted to multitasking, if you were cross stitching <laughs> and watching a Twitch stream and listening to an audiobook. <laughs> We, uh, I also went and were saw you also the, on a uh, treadmill while you were doing it? No, no, I was just sitting in my chair. We did, we did also go to see the Lego movie. Oh yeah, yeah. I've yeah. heard really good things about that oh. from everyone, including you. You, you, you of all people have got to see it. You will love it. Huh? Why? Because I like Legos. Yeah. I mean Lego. Well, you like Do you like Legos and you like funny things and and well written <clears throat> things and it's all of that. I do like well written things. Uh, I am never going to capitulate to not calling it Legos. Lego, yeah. Lego brand construction I understand. block building toy. I TM. understand that it's incorrect, but I don't care. Yeah, but no, I if agree. I have a bunch of Legos, I have a bunch of Legos. I don't have a bunch of Lego. You do, though. Tec- no. yeah, yeah, canonically yeah. you do, yes. No, they yes. don't get to decide the plural well, for me. Well, okay. they do. I mean, no, they don't. <laughs> I mean, they kind of do. No, they get to tell you what they that they've called their product, but I, they don't I, get to decide what you. They don't get to decide what you call it. Yeah, but they do get saying. to decide what it is called. But they like they, they get to, they get to decide the official term, and you get to choose whether to ignore it or not. Right. Yes. I'm gonna make Xeroxes of my Legos, <laughs> and then wrap them uh, in Kleenex. <laughs> yeah, wrap them in Kleenex. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then uh, eat some Skittles, which are just re- actually just Skittles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we man, we, uh, we ate some Skittles. Skittles. We ate a lot of Skittles at the uh, at Indiecade. The during the night game. You go get a glass of beer and a glass of Skittles, huh. and then 
eat the skittles and then some of the skittles got wet and then that was how do you how do you sort your skittles if they're in a glass you don't yeah you just don't and you drown your inability to do so in the free beer you put the you you put the skittle glass underneath the beer glass and the skittles get cold and real hard yeah except then you accidentally dribble some beer down the side of your glass and then it introduces some beer yeah you you contaminate the skittles with beer so basically i had to make my peace with being able to eat skittles without sorting them I can do if I just eat them one at a time and there is some environmental factor preventing me from sorting them, like being in a movie theater. Like, I didn't want to just never eat Skittles at a movie theater, so I just had to make peace with eating them without sorting them. And I just do that by eating them one at a time. And so I think, I'm sorting each batch. And each batch is just one. Each batch is one Skittle. (laughs) So it's okay, guys. Everything is going to be okay. Cool. Everything is going to be okay. I don't... I, oh, hold on. I need to head back to the apartment and make sure that I didn't leave the stove on. I don't really need to do that. But I do need to touch each corner of the light switch four times. Because I'm pretty sure I forgot to do that the last time I was in here. Uh, what? You know what I saw uh, that I thought was really funny and that I'm really angry that nobody else thinks that this is really funny? I did a Google search for this phrase to make sure that it wasn't... like. What I don't want is to say, hey guys, there was this joke that one of the writers for Animal Crossing New Leaf wrote that is now the funniest thing that has ever happened, and I don't (laughs) understand why nobody else thinks this is really funny. But I did a Google search for the phrase, and it came back with no hits, which leads me to believe that this was just a randomly generated thing. So, Emily picked up her Animal Crossing game after being gone for six months, and one of her townsfolk friends that she spoke to said, wow, you've been gone for a really long time. My theory is that you were at a secret succotash tour. (laughs) And, (laughs) and like they do the, the game does have a word bucket for foods and they're, they're all weird foods like succotash. And like, imagine, imagine that you disappear and six months later, you come back and your your husband has found a new wife just to, to spare your children the, the, the loneliness of, of having lost their mother. Six months with no word from you at all. And when you get back and they say, where were you? Your answer is, I can't tell you, but there were all kinds of different succotash and it was awesome. <laughs> Succotash. Is there more than one kind of succotash? Probably. I mean, I imagine there are regional varieties. Okay. But but the thing is, I don't know because all the tours are secret. (laughs) I. This is not like like a knee slapping hilarious thing. No, it's just weird enough to be. But it's pretty funny, and it's it's almost worse because it's succotash. Because like succotash is like. Succotash is the yeah. kumquat of food. It's <laughs> it has that root- suffering yeah. succotash connotation. Sure, but it's also just like a goofy, like like uh, I don't know. Ratatouille is kind of. It's also sort of uh, similar conceptually to succotash, mm. right? Like and borscht. But, but like a succotash, like succotash is a word like salad, right? Like it's not a word <laughs> like 
uh, sweet potato fries. It's like like a succotash is a kind of thing, and not a thing, okay. right? I don't. I'm, I, I'm not. Is. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, what what makes but it's, it like, so it's like okay. stew. A secret stew tour would have been pretty funny. Huh. I knew a guy called Secret Stew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, lived in the basement. You saw him every once in a while when you went down there to check the fuse box. Okay. That's all I. Um. <laughs> Are you sure? I bet you got some. I bet you got something else. Check your sheet. <laughs> um. It was is it g- seriously taking you this long to even read a thing that you already wrote? My handwriting is kind of scribbly because I'm kind of tired. You also wrote it like half an hour ago. Well, there's also like eight things here, and I have to pick one. Okay, we're waiting, Riff. Uh, it's, uh, it's 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 all built up now. It's not going to be any good. Eh, probably wasn't going to be any good anyway, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> if, uh, have, have you guys been playing any video games? Because I sure the fuck have. Yeah, yeah. playing a couple, yeah. Riff, go. Uh, okay, well, let's see. Um, the, well, the two games I've been playing have been uh, uh, Bravely Default, which we, we talked about the demo before. Actually, there's... So when, we, when I was talking about the demo of Bravely Default, the, the, the three things I had to tell you about that I thought were really interesting were the, the super elaborate job system and the, uh, the, the town reconstruction minigame where the number of villagers you have is based on the street passes you get. And um, the third one was, um, oh, the thing that lets you uh, save up turns in combat or steal turns from, from steal actions from future turns. So the, the full game, it turns out, has three more weird things in it, uh, like mechanically sort of new to JRPG things. Um, the one that, that I think you'll find awesome, Zach, is that although the, all the fights in there are just totally random battles like all the early Final Fantasies were, there is, in the uh, options menu, there's a, there's a difficulty menu and one of the options is a slider for uh, combat encounters. Yeah, I which, read. Yeah, or I, I've heard other podcasts talking about that. That honestly seems like super ideal because it I don't mind. Really cool. I don't mind grinding mm-hmm. in an RPG. I just want to do it when I want to do exactly, it, as opposed yeah. to like and with, I don't want to grind while I'm just trying to walk over to this other fucking town. Yep. And that's, and that's exactly what this is. If you, if you want to grind up some experience, you can crank it up to 200%. And if you're at the bottom of a dungeon and just want to get out without any, wasting any more resources, you can put it all the way down to zero. It is so hmm. good. And weirdly, there's some other stuff in the difficulty menu. I guess it's for, like, if you want to do a weird stunt run. But you can toggle on and off... Uh, XP gains, job point gains, and gold. So, like, if you just wow. don't want monsters to drop gold for some reason, you can turn it off. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. I, th- I thought, when I first saw that, I thought that was, like, supposed to be a grinding benefit. Like, if you're, su- if you're specifically grinding for gold, then you can turn the other two off and you get more gold as a result. But that's not the case. It just shuts them on or off. Uh-huh, that would be sort of an interesting just I mean, I guess we sort of you sort of have this in any 
system where there are like you know just thinking of like in KOL like you can focus on item drops by putting all mm-hmm. of your item drop gear on but I mean really in any system that has gear with mutually exclusive benefits on it there is a system for sort of determining what you want to get out of things but like just a like one of those little uh, what do you call the it's not it's you see it more often as a display of a thing where it's like a like a shape that is each direction out from the center is how much of one axis it is and so like uh, this is it. Man, I have uh, no words. Oh, like should've... like one of those things that shows you your five statistics, except it shows it as a pentagon. And, yeah, and, and yeah, it makes it of just a different and, shape. Yeah, but oh, like, like a like a vector diagram. But like, imagine something. imagine that what you have control of is a point in that. Like there is a. Mm-hmm. I think that this might have been in the Elder Scrolls beta character creation thing, but there's just like a sort of like fat guy tall guy, strong guy triangle that you move a thing around. Hmm. And so, so you can make yourself maximally one of those things. Yeah, or maximally two of them or right in the middle. You know, it's just like different than it's more like a bigger possibility space than just a slider. But like if there was like gold drops and experience points and whatever and you just like could kind of tune right. like I want a little more experience and a little less gold and a little less items mm-hmm. or whatever out of these fights. That would be sort of interesting. So another thing that it does um, is that uh, besides the uh, besides the street passing that you just get randoms off the street, it also has a thing that uses your um, 3DS friends list, like the people that you've actually put in their friend code. Um, if any of the people in your friends list are also playing Bravely Default, well, okay, like, I, I at need, the same time or no, just in in general, yeah. Um, okay, I I, just, I need to uh, back up a little bit. So, um, in combat, when one of your guys performs an action in combat, you can tag that uh, that action to your user profile. So, like if I if my white mage busts out her most awesomest saved up healing skill i can i can tag that and att- and attach that spellcast to my profile and then once a day you connect to the uh to the game servers i guess via wi-fi and it uploads your user profile and downloads to you the profiles of anybody in your friends list that is also playing plus 3 to 5 randoms and it puts whatever actions they tagged into a list in your game and then on in combat on your turn one of your guys instead of doing whatever actions they normally have available to them you can use these friends actions as basically summoning spells so like if you have a friend that is way farther in the game than you are and they have a nuke spell that that you're not going to have access to for 20 more hours then they can link that to their profile and you can summon them to cast that spell for you in combat. Huh. Is this going to be a game that if I try to play it, I'm going to be pissed off because I don't want to fuck around with friend passing and code streets and stuff? Pretty much all of this stuff seems pretty ignorable. It's, it's, It's sweet bonuses, but like they've, they've definitely gone to, uh, 
they they've they've definitely made sure that it's accessible to people who don't have friends, basically, because the when you when you upload your shit every day, the the three to five randoms that you get um, also add to your to your street pass villagers. So even if you never street pass, you okay. s- you still get more villagers. So you're able to do that, and the randoms make sure that you have you have a number of summons available and and stuff like that. Okay, that's cool. If that's yeah. just a thing that happens anyway. Yeah, and the the third crazy thing that they've done is um, besides the the BP, which are the the points that you spend, you know, to do actions in combat. There's also SP which you can only ever have a maximum of three of them at any one time. And in combat, after you've put in, like, you know, you've made all your decisions for what your guys are going to do this turn and hit OK, and it starts playing back, you know, the little animations of your guys casting spells and the enemies casting spells, you can hit Start at any time to pause. Like, even if it's in the middle of an enemy casting a spell at you, you can pause it and then spend SP to take bonus actions while the game is paused. So, like, if if the boss is getting ready to cast, like, a nuclear devastation spell at you, you can pause the game after he started casting it, and then you've got three, t- three actions in which you can either try and kill him before he finishes casting it, or cast some heals or protective spells around your guys before he finishes casting it, and then and those actions happen like immediately while the game is saved, and then you unsave the game and it goes back to doing whatever it was doing. Do those points replenish slowly over time, or do you those, find them in chests? Or those points you get you get one point for every total eight hours that the game is paused. I think it stands for sleep points. Oh, like paused as in... As in, like, the game is running, but your 3DS is shut. Huh. So you can't actually turn your 3DS off, or your village doesn't make progress and stuff. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Do most people... Do most people just always have their 3DS plugged in? Uh, I do when I'm... When I'm not, like, playing it, yeah. Okay. I feel like that's what I would do with with it, probably. I just got so spoiled by the DS because the battery would just last a month, as little as I played it, and the 3DS is just always dead. Hmm. Because I, and I was saying, don't leave it plugged in. I like, yeah, you know, I'm probably going to buy this game and play it because... It's been a while since I played an RPG. It's really, it's really good. The the unfortunately the story is no great shakes. It's it's like a very very typical early Final Fantasy story, with like four crystals that govern the elements, and they've been tainted somehow. And there's a government that's working against you, trying to fix them. And I mean, it seems like maybe there's going to be a twist because there's some there's some weird story elements. Like one of the characters has amnesia but he has a journal that may or may not have been written by him that describes everything that all the rest of the characters in the party are doing not just in the past but also in the future so maybe there's some kind of weird time travel twist at some point i don't know but 
whatever twist ends up being, it hasn't happened yet for me in like 20, 25 hours of play, and it's going to have to be a pretty good twist to make up for the general boringness of the rest of the story. <laughs> I mean, the the, char- the characters are well done, and they're well written, and they're interesting characters, but the overarching plot is is really typical. But it, it but it's so mechanically interesting that it, I think it's still worth, uh, definitely worth playing. And I mean, like a boring fantasy story doesn't bother me. No. Uh, well, what else? The other thing I've been playing is uh, uh, Danganronpa, Dan- Ronpa, Danganronpa, on the Vita, which uh, just recently came out this month, and it is a uh, it is a visual novel, sort of like. Uh, Virtue's Last Reward or 999, except instead of the between story bits being room escape puzzles like that, they're investigation puzzles like in Phoenix Wright. And then at the end of each chapter, there's a sort of uh, sort of trial mini game that's similar to the trials in Phoenix Wright. It's, hmm. And it's uh, it's really good. the 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 story has to do with like, um, there's this really prestigious, uh, to the point of being invite only high school, where only like the ultimate students of various fields are invited to go. So like, there's the ultimate baseball star, and there's the ultimate fashionista, and there's the ultimate uh, computer programmer kid. And your character is extremely average Joe, but he gets invited on the basis of a lottery, so he gets the the ultimate lucky guy um, slot in the school. But when all the you, it's, so it's fifteen kids, and you all appear at the school, and then it turns out that you've all been locked into this school building. The windows are all covered with like metal plates; you can't get out, and there is this weird animatronic teddy bear who informs you that you are all stuck in this building for the rest of your lives. You cannot leave. The only way to leave for the only way that any one of you can leave is if one of you murders one of the other ones and gets away with it without them, without the other kids figuring out who did the murder at the trial that evening. Whoa. Then the murderer gets to go free and everyone else gets killed. So it, so it's it's a lot, like this sort of plot, like this this deadly game sort of plot, is is really popular in Japan right now, I guess, because like that's also basically the plot of VLR and Nine Nine Nine, and there's a, a manga I read recently called Doubt that is a similar sort of thing, except it's based on the the werewolf card game and things like that, but um. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting, and the 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 murder trials where you're piecing together all the information that you've dug up over the course of the day um, have pretty satisfying twists in them, and uh, yeah, it, I don't know, it's pretty cool. The art is good, the writing is good, the translation is pretty good. Um, I've been playing it with the Japanese voices, so I can't really speak to the voice acting. Um, it's it's pretty anime, so people that don't have a good tolerance for anime style may or may not get into it. It starts out really anime. There's a particular character who is very, very anime, but she mellows out after a bit, and it becomes not quite so uh, intrusive. 
Riff, why haven't you learned Japanese? Uh, uh, once in a while, I get in my head to maybe try and learn the 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 two uh, the the two alphabets, the hiragana and the katakana. But I don't generally keep up with it long enough to to really get anywhere. I mean, it just seems like a thing that would allow you to. It would give you access to a lot more of the exact kind of stuff that you like than yeah. like just waiting for somebody to import it. And it also, I don't know, it just like seems like a thing that you would have already done. If if it had been an option to me in high school instead of German, I almost certainly would have done that. But at this point, I feel like it's it would it would it would take too long and be too much work to learn enough of it to be useful for actually playing an imported game or something like that. Because you basically have to be fluent, right? Yeah, you'd, you'd have to be pretty much entirely fluent. Languages are hard, for, yeah. for me at least. I mean, and I guess, you know, we're, we're old-ass men, so... Yeah, our, our brains, our brains, our brains are hard. Plastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> our, brain, our brain plasticity <laughs> is all gone. <laughs> our David Blaine's plasticity. <laughs> that guy's pretty flexible. He fits what into about you, boxes. Kevin? What have you been playing video games-wise? Uh, I played a handful of games of threes. The puzzle game that is sweeping the, really just a handful. the globe. You didn't spend an entire six-hour flight playing it? Uh, I can only play it on uh, Melissa's iPad. Oh, right. Which I have only had access to briefly, and I, most of the time that I was using it, I was using it to play the assignment. Um you got to do something about that, man. You can't play Hoplite. You can't play any of the... You can't play any good games on I can, your telephone. I'm, I can play fewer and fewer of the new games that are made, yeah, on my phone. I'm, I'm worried about upgrading my phone to the new OS because I'm worried about how many of the games and stuff that I have on there just will stop working. Um, Why would that happen? Because upgrading to a new OS if they don't work with the old one. Right, like, so, like... If they haven't been upgraded, there's a chance that it just won't work with the new. Have you iOS. considered just getting another phone, not a, not a replacement phone, but just another phone and a new complete identity to <laughs> oh. go with it? Like I, you I, just would have a you, like a wife and kids in another part of town. I don't. Really I don't think idea. I've run into any games that that could be played on old systems, but not the newer ones. I've I've all like just just in, in upgrading from like iOS three to iOS five. I, I, there were a bunch of things that I really? just couldn't play anymore. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had that happen either. Well, you guys don't go back and play games that you've had for ages. Okay, either, probably. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I've played maybe 10, 10 or fifteen games of threes. Like it's it's fun. I I like it. I I um, for people who have not seen it, it's um, a grid of four by four. Squares and you are like rectangles. Sure, they're they're places for cards. Um, these cards, cards are, are either dudes. one, two, three, or multiples of three. And ones and twos can um, merge with each other, but not with themselves. So you can't you can't match a one and a one. Um, and then threes can match with themselves, and sixes can match with themselves, and Twelves can match with themselves, and so on. <clears throat> um, and there's a few more rules, but the idea is that you're when you, you're sort of swiping the grid in one of four directions, and then it moves everything that can move 
in that direction, um, making matches if they are up against a wall or a card that can't move. Um, and it's just a puzzle game, and it's really neat. It's uh, It's got a lot of strategy to it, um, and then it's also really cute. There's there's a good soundtrack, and the, there's a lot of cute characters. Uh, the, the cards... Every number is a different little yeah. face on it. Yeah, and they've got... They, they're voiced, and they're, they just say kind of funny little things and stuff. I mean, you just turn the sound off and play it while you listen to podcasts. Well, but they're they're funny. They, they say things, like, just while you're waiting, while you're thinking about your move, they're like, hey, hurry up, make a move, Yeah, fuck play. that. The first time I heard that, I was like, all right, you don't get to make sounds anymore. But some of our friends, some of our <laughs> friends are the voices. I don't know. Okay, it's fine, cool. but, like, d- don't make fun of me, game. No. I bought you. I own you, game. <laughs> don't, don't get all... Don't get all impatient with me. <laughs> I'm the one who gets impatient around here. I bought uh, you, and I can buy another one just like you. I played some Flappy Bird uh, fan gaming. Um, I played so, a little bit of Maverick Bird. Yeah, Maverick good. Bird was my favorite by far. It's uh, it's that's Terry Cavanaugh's uh, Flappy Bird fan game. And did anyone played, do a um, a uh, uh, um, uh, what's the name of? the super hexagon did anyone do a super hexagon flappy bird crossover i mean that's kind of what maverick bird is yeah i mean kind of it's by the same guy it's got a it's got a similar visual similar visual aesthetic similar soundtrack and it's similar difficulty yeah it's pretty fucking hard i mean but it's so is flappy bird i played flappy bolt which is uh adam saltzman's fan game i played played flappy bert flappy puppy What's that? It was just one of the App Store clones. Oh, okay. it's a little easier. Yeah, a lot of them are. It's a dog. Easier. What the fuck is a dog flying? It doesn't make. Yeah, Slappy Puppy the, is kind of fun to say. Yeah, it is. I played the Flappy Space Program. Oh, Flappy Space Program is actually pretty good. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. I had a. I had. I couldn't. I got maybe five birds in. The I the most orbit. I ever got was four. It's so it's different in that you have a planet in the middle of the screen and then you tap to launch a little guy who is then subject to gravitational physics. Yeah. And, and he hops he hops up and a little bit to the right. Yeah, and once hop. and once you've got one in, in a orbit. stable-ish orbit, like yeah. once it's gone all the way around the planet a couple of times, you lose control of it and it just continues playing out its its orbital physics and then you get control of another one and the, your score is how many you can get in orbit at the same time. Huh. Yeah, and they'll if they collide, so if the, if you if they are, get too far away they die, if yeah. they get the planet they die and if they hit each other they die. Yep. It's so, good. It's fun. It's it's it's, like, a, it's definitely it's neat. A fun little diversion. Um, yeah, and then besides that, the only thing that I wrote down that I played was uh, I played a, a couple of different prototypes that uh, that Droken had made. Actually, I, I played a bunch of prototype games and and games in progress at uh, at Indicade, and I guess I played a, like a little bit of. Uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer, which is oh yeah, we great. Played, we played one co-op game of Crypt of the Necrodancer <clears throat> on on the actual custom DDR pads, DDR pads Ooh, that yeah. he had, had made. Um, that game is going to be so much fun. I'm super excited. I did to play really it. badly at it, and I didn't like. I think that I will be able to internalize what's going on with the game. Like I was, I was basically dead without being aware that I had taken any damage. Can, so I don't. Can you explain what this game is? So this is a it's a rhythm game. It's like a rhythm game roguelike. Yeah, you're exploring a dungeon, you can dig through walls and stuff like that. There is a there's a defined beat. Matt, Danny Baranowski did the music uh, and there's a defined beat that's going on and enemies move on the beat 
and if you hit things on the beat you start getting uh, coin bonus multipliers hmm. um, and so there's a lot there's like a, a big advantage to actually doing things in time with the music um, that sounds pretty cool yeah and then it's just a, it's just a good fun cool dungeon exploring game we he just made a co-op version which is what he was demoing at indicade um, and so the two of us were playing at the same time and bouncing around and stuff it's it's great it's just super fun I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be great when it comes out. Um, yeah, and so some of the some of Droken's games are freaking cool too. They're like weird puzzle games and. The folder on that kid's computer that is full of his prototypes has a really intimidatingly large number of things in it. Yeah. He says most of them are empty folders. He has an idea for a game makes a folder with the name of the game and then doesn't put any files in it. Or starts he starts writing something, gets, loses interest, and then yeah. doesn't actually save the file. I don't, I, I don't think I believe him. <laughs> yeah. He convinced me to try Corrypt again, and I am still just way too stupid to play Corrypt. Oh, hmm. yeah. that's That was a complicated game. It's... I get... Yeah, I, like you can I see get what's what so good about done, it, but yeah, it's like I am. Yeah, I'm just I'm too dumb to do even even the basic parts of that game before that game gets goes fucking crazy and reveals <laughs> starts reveals destroying its sort of itself while you mad play it. Genius, yeah. Yep. Like, yeah. There is there is a turn midway through the game where you know they were saying the real game reveals itself at that point, and it's like wow, like. I was too dumb to play the fake game, and the real game is five times as hard. Huh. Fucking crazy. Um, something else that I saw that was really cool. Uh, did you did you see that Voxybox thing? Yeah. So these people had the insight that uh, they could make three-dimensional images in space by just taking a display. A transparent no, it's just a, just a regular display. Yeah, it's transparent. No, it isn't. Really? It is just it is just a display and vibrating it up and down really really fast. So that and then they draw at each at each point in space they are drawing an image on that screen and so all you're left with is the the bright detail of the screen as it's like moved through space. Oh. I am yeah. like ninety nine percent certain that that screen is transparent. It doesn't. I mean, it just needs to be a screen. You just put a screen in space. It's it's like having a like a, I don't. a an LED display that you spin around that like spells stuff out when it's spawn and stuff like. Except that that wouldn't constantly it's, be in its own way. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't like. It, as long as it isn't lit, it doesn't. That's all that matters, right? Like all you're seeing is the stuff that's lit up in space, right? It's just it's like it's super clever, is what it, it is. It is clever, but I still think it's a transparent screen. Anyway, it just okay. it vibrates and displays different things when it's at different points, and so it just makes a 3D display yeah. in front of you. You can't touch it. You can't like if you reach in there, it's just going to hit your finger. Yeah, and then you're going to break the expensive transparent display <laughs> that it is. But it's cycling up and down. It was cycling up and down like 20 hertz, so it's not quite at persistence of vision, but it's pretty close. Um, yeah, that's neat. And it had to be like encased in this glass thing so that people wouldn't touch it. Yeah, they were fiddling with it while it was running yeah, once, and I was like, was, "Oh, this is making me super nervous." 
it's good. Yeah, that was a pretty cool device. Yeah, I'm 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 excited by all the like weird technologies that people are doing to like try different ways of doing 3D imaging. Uh, that's it. What do you What do you been playing, Zach? Man, I have this huge list of video games here. Uh, I played Jazz Punk, which oh, oh right, I forgot about that. So so good. So I, like, good. People don't. I don't know. I think I think it's not going to be up everybody's alley, but I we were we were talking about it a lot in the office here. I I would characterize it as like a sequence of like five levels in which each level is like a comedy version of Gone Home. Okay. Right. <laughs> there's not a lot going on gameplay-wise. There are like mini games and there's some systemic things with scores and stuff, but like it's mostly just kind of an adventure game that's yeah. about going around and poking things and seeing what different things do and like almost everything that you poke your head into is rewarded with some kind of gag. Yeah. And so if you are if you like the gags, if the if the things are funny to you, then it's just like this amazing toy box filled with other toy boxes filled with good jokes. Jenny described and, it as being like gra- like somebody decided that Gravity Bone was really awesome but needed to be five times as long and ten times as weird. Which I think is pretty pretty apt. I would also add that it's you, you add some of like the old police squad TV show or, or a top secret or airplane for the the writing sensibilities. Yeah. It's I mean, it's a lot of it is just like you know tropes from other video games, but a lot of it is also just like, yeah, I don't know. There's like there's like a whole section in which I don't even think this is scored, but like there's one level in which just scattered through it, there are just like blockbuster video cassettes sitting right next to tape return slots that are just mm-hmm. in whatever surface. Like there's like a boulder on the beach, and there's a tape return slot with a tape next to it. And just you find it and you pick up the tape and you put the tape in the return slot. And then it's like one out of five tapes returned. <laughs> just find the rest of them in random places uh, around the level. And it's like, weird. That's good. This is great. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine for that to be a thing that's there. The, the thing that, the, the note that I left myself, should be, the achievements. I almost never give a shit about Steam achievements, and this is one of two games in recent memory. This this is getting compared to the Stanley Parable a lot. My assessment of it is that I think that the Stanley Parable is fundamentally coming from kind of a cynical place, and this is coming from a fundamentally mm. joyful yeah. place. Yeah, I could see that. And the achievements of the Stanley Parable and the achievements of this were both notable to me in in two different ways. This one, the achievements were all basically like. Here's something that you might have missed that is fun to play with or funny, hmm. right? And so after I beat the game and I was like, oh, I only got like half of the achievements, I'm going to go through and get all the rest of the achievements. And like a couple of them I ended up having to like look up spoilers because I didn't figure out exactly what they meant by it or whatever. But, you know, it's generally like I completely just plumbed the game in like three hours probably. Just got everything out of it that there was to get out of it, I think. And it was just fucking great. And I'm really, really, really glad that it's a thing. And I really hope those people make more stuff because yeah, it was just yeah. good. Is this their first game? I think so. Man. It's just a guy. 
I want to say his name is Luis Hernandez, but I might just be making that up. Okay. I might have just, like, hey, come up with a name that sounds Hispanic. Because <laughs> that's the thing that I would say. Man, the jokes, the jokes are so good, it made me jealous. But the achievements in the Stanley Parable, though they are funny, there are some of them that I think are cruel in a way that I don't I don't agree with the authorial intent behind them because so many of them were like check out how stupid achievements are it's mm-hmm. like okay you're right this whole this is a game about how dumb games are these are achievements about how dumb achievements are and it's fine for you to make an achievement that is impossible to get it's fine for you to make an achievement that is like a pain in the ass to get, but you don't have to work really hard at it, right? Like the don't play the Stanley Parable for a year, right? Whatever. The play the Stanley Parable for an entire Tuesday. I mean, you just do that. You could do that if you wanted by just turning your computer on and letting it run. The one that you actually have to do that bullshit fire game for, oh, for eight, eight hours. hours. Yeah. Like f- that achieve that achievement, I think, is unethical. And it is funny in the same way that a lot of those achievements are funny, but it is, like, mean-spirited in a way that none of the rest of them are and in a way that really, really bothers me. And Hmm. it's not unethical. There's nothing objectively, like, evil about it. It's just a, like, I would never have done that. Like, I would not have subjected people to that because I get, I get that what you're doing is you are trying to lampshade the sort of completest approach to these things and say well here you know it's one thing to say you should reevaluate this way of thinking it is another thing to like say fuck you <laughs> here's this achievement that like inherent in this achievement is just some torture right and that's why i don't like that in particular and why i do like the those lines are very, very subjective. I mean, the like achievement that is just do this thing that doesn't make any sense from early in the game, where it's like just sort of following random instructions for like five or six minutes. That's funny. It lampshades the trope of like getting achievements for just doing exactly what the thing says to do or whatever. And is critical of that kind of thing in a way that is not like just disrespectful to the player who wants to get the achievements no matter how bad they are, right? Because the, like, the content involved in getting it is is worth seeing in its own right. And it's not something that you can just, like, fire and forget and, like, not have to do a shitty... And, like, and, like putting the thing halfway through it that makes it so you... Have, it, it's like... I don't know, man. I mean, it's fucking Desert Bus, right? It's Desert Bus, and it's a funny... It's funny to hear about, but, like, it's Desert Bus in the context of a thing that is not clearly a joke. Or isn't necessarily going to be treated as If you don't get that it's a joke after playing through the Stanley Parable, then I think you're sort of not prepared to be playing the Stanley Parable. But I think it's a joke at your expense 
as opposed to a joke that is meant to be instructive. I mean, it just feels mean to me. It feels mean in a way that it doesn't have to be. It could be as funny without being as mean, is my argument. I, I mean, I think that it is, it is a thing that is meant to be automated, right? And that's why... But you, you can't know, automate it. It is resistant to automation. It is resistant to automation, yeah. But I think that that's the whole joke, right? Like, you, you, you build your little script to, to play it, and then come back several hours later and, it, and you didn't finish and you're like what happened and then you have to watch for the transition when it screws up and be like oh my script needs to be more adaptive or whatever like do, do you know what I mean like that's yeah. that is sort of how I see it the expectation that anyone will actually do it you know I think it's pretty low because I think almost everybody is, is going to value their time more than that achievement Right, like right, but just because somebody doesn't doesn't mean that you should do this thing that encourages them to do some shitty, unfun thing for eight hours. So, if you have an achievement for playing ten thousand games of threes, let's say, right? Do you think that that's unethical? I kind of do. Yeah, I think that I think that that is a that is a bullshit achievement. What about a hundred games of threes? I think that's fine. Okay, so where, like, what number does it become unethical? Well, I don't know, somewhere between 100 and 10,000. Like, I think 1,000, I would probably say no, I wouldn't do that. Okay, but that's that's your your personal value system. Right, right, but it's based on how much time there is in a person's life, how much time there is in a person's day, and how much how much I expect a reasonable person to dedicate to like a specific instance of a hobby. It's not but like, what is yes, the... it is. It is arb- it, like it, it is a subjective judgment, but it is not an arbitrary one. Right. Like we would, so we would not put a trophy in KOL for something that took 10 years. We just wouldn't do that. We, we put lots of things in the game that do take 10 years though. That's, I don't, that is not actually true. Okay. Mm, anniversary gifts. Sure, but that's a different thing than, like, this is a thing that requires you to actively do the same thing every day for ten years. We would okay. never, okay. ever fucking do that. We just wouldn't. We wouldn't do that. Because that's lame. Ten years is too long. We would do something that, like, yeah, you know, you could do something 200 times over the course of a year of playing and then here's the thing that you get for that like we do everything like that and one two thirds of a year period you're right is on the same scale as a ten year period but there is a huge fucking difference between nine months and ten years and like you're you're right that it's just like one order of magnitude or you know ten orders of magnitude but it is still like one of those is pretty reasonable, and one of those is obviously fucking crazy. Wow! And I, that, like that, just like going from going to that sort of statement where you're like obviously reasonable, obviously crazy, just seems seems nuts to me, right? Because I think a lot of people, I think the I think the majority of the people in the okay. world would be like, Kevin, nine months—that's insane, and yet that to you is totally reasonable, right? Right, that, that's what, like I don't think that there's an objective valuation here, and I think that it's that for some very small number of people, the ten year thing is totally cool. The the ten thousand games of threes would be totally cool, and the eight hour thing is 
something like, yeah, I'm going to totally do that. That's, you know, I'm going to take a day and I'm gonna, just going to do it, right? And then, like, for that person, it's a thing that they want to do. For most people, it's not, right? Like, But it is deliberately unfun. It is a thing that is made deliberately tedious and boring and unfun. Sure. And I think it is okay to do something like that for five minutes as a joke, and it's not okay to do something like that for eight hours. Like, and you're right that it is arbitrary, and there's probably somebody that disagrees with me, but I'm just saying from my perspective... valued Andy Kaufman reading... I forget what book he just stood up and read. The Great Gatsby. The Great I, Gatsby, right? Like, you value that as a performance, right? That was six hours. I like or the idea of it. I don't think that I would have enjoyed being there for it. I don't think that I would do that. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, the, the people in the audience were free to leave, and the people are free to not get this steam achievement. That's it's, yeah. That's the, sure. I mean, that's the that no, is by not, far like, the you're, you're, the point that I would make is you know these things are super optional. I mean, and I just have an emotional response to it. It rubs me the wrong way. If I had made that achievement, I would feel like a prick. Hmm. Like. If, if we took one of the, like, there are a lot of, like, ridiculous things in KOL that we have trophies for, things that are take, that take a long time, and any, like, if we took the most extreme one of those and said, hey, what if we did one of these that took ten times as long, I would say, fuck no, I would feel like a total prick if I did that. And you're right that there's probably one guy that thinks, oh, that's a great story, you should do that, because why not? You know, and the reason why not is because I would feel like an asshole for doing it, and that's just, you know. And it's like, it's cheap to like, oh well, you know. So it turns out that my argument is this is a feeling, so it can't be wrong. But I just I object to that thing that takes eight hours because I think it is crueler than it is interesting to such an extent that it is too cruel. I, I and it's like, you know, it's I like just possi- don't understand. It's possible. It is possible that that thing has created, that that achievement has created a lot of laughs and no misery, but I kind of believe that it has probably created some misery and I don't like things that create misery. Like, I don't think it matters how many laughs the thing creates if it creates a significant amount of misery for a small number of people. And so that's why I don't like it. Because, like, misery isn't cool. Laughs are cool, though. That's why jazz punk is cool. There's no misery in there at all. <laughs> Sometimes you have to do a thing where it's like, do this thing 30 times, but then it's fucking fun. And it takes, like, five minutes. You can get every achievement in jazz punk in the amount of time that it takes you to get three-eighths of that one achievement in the Stanley Parable, and you've had a thousand 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 times as much fun i don't know if i really mean a quadrillion or if i just got stuck saying a thousand over and over again what else have you been playing uh i played minerva's den oh you did oh, yeah, yeah finally i i i was just looking for Me i was too. looking for mm, i still need to man i still need to play any of bioshock 2 actually yeah it's not very good. Would you would like, you suggest loading up because I think I'm pretty sure I own it. Would you suggest loading it up and just playing Minerva's Den? Yeah, I would and I think that's what that you know, that's what like the guys around here were saying like 
if you play Minerva's Den, if you really like that, like it's Minerva's Den is basically a sampler of the combat from Bioshock Two, hmm. and if you like that, after you're done, you're like, well, cool. Now I've got like twenty hours of that left to play with a <laughs> with a slightly less interesting plot, really significantly less interesting plot. I, you know the like. I had the same problems with this that I do with every 3D game, which is that I was always fucking lost. But there's just a thing that just tells you where to go, and that's fine. Like, you can just hold down the map button, and it just gives you a hint. And the hint is a sentence telling you what to do to advance the plot. And that was great. And I probably missed some of the audio diaries, which is where most of the stuff is, because I'm sure that I'm sure that there were a lot of cases where I had my, like typical thing where it's like if this room has three places to go I'll go to the first one and then I'll go to the first one again and then think that I've gone to all three of them and leave yeah good good maps are really important to me in a game like that <laughs> and it doesn't have good maps the the space is is three-dimensional and the maps are designed for two-dimensional mm. display I mean it's not like is it as they, bad they as might the not... fallout three maps um no those were not terrible it's not quite as bad as that because these are all like very much like interior spaces with rectangular rooms and stuff. Yeah, okay. It's like the you know the story's good, the atmosphere's good. I don't like shooter combat. It was almost and like I played through most of Bioshock Two, so I got used to this. Like and I got to the point where I could you know play. I can normally play something like that on normal difficulty, but this I just had to switch to easy, and it was still kind of annoying. Like I wasn't like getting killed a lot. I was just like not. Like, it just does a lot of this shit where somebody will hit you and it'll just knock the camera askew. Like, oh, you fell down. Like, mm. you just gotta not know which direction the mouse is gonna move you for a second and just are the, waste a bunch of ammo. Just Are, are, the, are the environments... Because um, I, I remember, at least in Bioshock 1, the way, the, the way all the environmental furniture and textures and signs and posters and stuff helped a lot to recognize an area you'd already been in? Sort of. I mean, the main problem that I had was, like, there would be a thing that was a door that just wasn't really recognizable as a door hmm. or whatever. There were... It's just, the whole thing is one level, and I think that there might have been some limitations in the amount of stuff that they could have asset-wise to okay. really differentiate areas in it. And so, no, not not as much as I would have liked. But, I don't know. It's, it's cool. It's worth playing. I, you know, it takes a couple hours. Have you played the, uh, that uh, Bioshock Infinite Buried at Sea DLC? No, I just, I heard that it was just more of the same old shit. Hmm. So I just didn't even bother. I was excited about it when I found out about it, but then I just was like, eh. I've, I've heard nothing. I've, I've heard nothing good about Burial at Sea. Really? So. Wow. Because the theme sounds awesome. I, I'm totally interested in noir stylings in pre-apocalypse rapture. But I've, I've been kind of waiting until all of it's out before playing any of it. I've got, like, the season pass, I think. So. I mean, it is. It's it's all out. They're done, right? Oh, the studio it? shut. Yeah. Like... Burial at C2 came out and the studio closed. Oh, I thought so, there was a third one. Huh, okay. No, I think that's it. Then I, um, I will have to have a look at that then. Well, I guess that's not your news story then. Uh, I, I did not actually see anything of particular newsworthiness. Um, so I also played, uh, I played a bunch of threes, and I, and I like it. It's, uh, but it's, it's just kind of a 
compulsive thing rather than a genuinely fun thing. I like. It seems like to get a good score, you have to play a really long game. Yeah. And you got to take a lot of time thinking about your moves, and I'm not ever going to do that, so I'm just going to cap out at like a reasonable score. I found it. I found it very comforting to play while I was on an airplane because it was a thing to do. Of like, well, I was going to say it was a thing to do instead of panicking, but it was a thing to do to distract myself while I was panicking. God damn, I fucking hate airplanes. <laughs> Hadn't been on one in a really long time, and then it was like a five-hour flight that was bumpy as shit, and then a six-hour flight that was bumpy as shit, and fuck everything. Not getting on another fucking plane probably getting on another fucking plane god damn it fucking planes like what you can't come up with something better than that there's hovercraft yeah that's only if you want to go from one part of a swamp to another part of a swamp then sure how but about a I almost n- pneumatic I almost never want tubes? that ah oh, that'd be pretty good yeah. slingshot the super what's that the super loop or whatever the hyper hyper cube. hyper fling um Anyway, I also played a bunch of a game. I don't remember where I heard about this, but I had seen reference to it in three or four different places as a game that was similar to 868 Hack, but it's called Hoplite, H-O-P-L-I-T-E, where it's a like a hex grid, randomly generated levels with like four different kinds of enemies and a, and a limited but interesting moveset, and it's just an extremely tactical turn-based combat thing. It is fucking great. It is so good. And I... I Kevin, I wish you could play it, but yeah. you're going to have to get a new phone or play it on your girlfriend's iPad. Yeah. Um, but you should. I recommend it. It's just, it's got a kind of like an arbitrary, it's 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 also like 868 in that it has an arbitrary user-increasable difficulty. Sort of like, you, you get down to a certain level and retrieve the golden fleece, and then you've won the game, right? And you can leave at any point, or you can keep going deeper and keep finishing levels to get more and more points before you leave like every level starts to have stairs down and then a teleporter to the surface so you kind of choose there's a little press your luck like how much further do i want to go and it just keeps adding more enemies on every level that you go down and every level you get like a there's a shrine that you get an upgrade and some of the upgrades like you know just like you can always get plus one max hit point a full heal or you start to get upgrades that cost max health hmm. to to get them, and so it just becomes this sort of balancing act of like where I'm at now, like what tactics do I like, what things do I want to work on the upgrades for. You unlock additional purchasable upgrades by getting achievements in the game, so it doesn't actually change the starting conditions. It's more of a Binding of Isaac kind of model where more interesting trade-offs become available the more things that you've accomplished in the game. It's really, really good. Highly recommended. It's it's cheap and it's like, you just buy it and you've got it which is mm. a, always refreshing. Yay! Um, yeah, good game. Um, and I also, I I want to be wrong about this, but they, they've uh, they've released the NDA on the Elder Scrolls Online. And so I forget when it was. I think it was before Christmas it might have even been longer ago than that that I just randomly, because I had apparently put in my email address for the Elder Scrolls Online beta, got in real early on a lot of their testing weekends. And I want to be wrong about this, but I think that that game is going to be a fucking disaster. Really? 
Yeah, because it is just not very fun. Hmm. And I, I've seen things in the press that lead me to believe that after, like, level 10, <clears throat> it opens up and becomes significantly more like an Elder Scrolls game than, like, just a super insipid, boring MMO. It sounds like there aren't class there sorry there are classes and you don't get to just be the like random collection of cool skills that you get to be in yeah i mean every Skyrim. like i think you can you can you have more flexibility than you normally would have because like you can be a wizard but then instead of taking a staff as your weapon you just take a sword and a shield and so now you're sword and shield guy in heavy armor but you're you're class skill lines are just all spells that you can cast hmm. or whatever and it's uh, you know it it's like the combat in Elder Scrolls games is not it's super strong point it's never bothered me that much because I don't you know it's fine like you learned how to hit a skeleton with a sword and that's great but just because this is an MMO it's just kind of floaty and hmm. cooldown based and it doesn't fit super well like it's really distracting to play the game in first person mode to me and it almost seems like because of the way that just like looting a corpse works, you you don't ever have a cursor on the screen while you're moving mm. around because it's it's just constant mouse look because it's oh, you can it's quickly switch back and forth between. So I mean, it, it plays like you know it plays like a like a Bethesda game where you're either over the shoulder looking with the mouse as you move around or you're first person. But it's like hard to loot corpses, hmm. like, and and just I, I don't know. There's just so many little like feel things. Like, so many of the beta weekends, I would be kind of excited about it, but then I would play for like a half an hour and just be like, God, I just don't want to play any more of this. And like, even without the idea of losing character progress, which is the thing that I've grown less and less willing to, you know, it's like I I like being in MMO betas because I like seeing the cracks and stuff in the beginning. When I found out how soon this thing was coming out, I was like, God, this is, like, I seriously, I thought that Star Wars The Old Republic was going to be good. That turned out to be, to a lot of people's reckoning, a disaster. I, maybe this will be good because I think it's going to be a fucking disaster. But, like, I just, I, I think that they managed to make a game that is not going to appeal to MMO players or Elder Scrolls games players. And that sucks because this could have been really good yeah um they did a thing that i wish was a thing this, i remember this coming up and i couldn't talk about it on a previous episode but all there were every place that there were missing voice acting assets they just had text to speech delivering it and a lot of them under certain circumstances sounded like weird robots but i thought if they could just do that, if people would just tolerate that, hmm. and I think that they would, it would be so much less expensive for them to develop content for this. They could develop content faster, and they could then, you know, move towards a solution to the problem of an MMO not being able to produce enough content fast enough for people to not just be consuming it and burning through it. But, like, everything is just moving in the wrong direction. Like, if your MMO is going to have everything voiced, you are just moving further from a solution to that problem instead of closer to it. And it is bewildering to me that anyone decides to do that. Yeah. Like, it just seems so fucking stupid 
to say that we can't add a quest to this game without getting the guy back into the studio and having a having a, a supply chain of ten dudes just to get this voice recorded and then if you realize that you've written something that didn't make any sense, like it has to go back all the way through the process, it just it just seems like a fucking nightmare that you don't need to do. Like, there, I don't think that there is anybody who is like, well, I'm excited about a Star Wars MMO, but only if there's sh- shitty voice acting that sounds like a bunch of things out of context and like, oh, I'm interrupting you, but there's 10 seconds of silence between you stopping mid-word. And like, it. I don't know, man. The voice acting in games is not good enough for that to be like a thing that makes games worse in the way that it so obviously makes the development of an MMO worse to me. And I was excited when I heard the robots talking in The Elder Scrolls because I was like, well, fuck, that's it. They like they solved it, right? But like, nope, that was just placeholder because people were making fun of it. But like, what? I mean, people are like, uh, yeah, everybody made fun of what the characters look like in Oblivion, but it's still a fucking awesome game, right? Like, yeah. you, you that's why? A pretty good comparison. Why does your suspension of disbelief not extend to? Oh, this isn't this isn't Jennifer Hale. I don't believe that this character is real because it sounds like they're talking via text to speech. Because especially if you were doing you could smooth over a lot of the just goofiness of text to speech by just having the version of the text that you see and then you just have one guy whose job it is to, to listen to the text to speech thing. Make sure it's not saying something stupid, and if it is, write it out phonetically so yeah, it doesn't yeah. say something stupid, right? And that is much less of a convoluted workflow. I'm, I'm and sure modern a- modern text to speech must have options for like emphasis marks and things like that. I would hope so. I mean, I don't know much about it. I haven't looked into it recently, but it's it just seems like I don't know. It just if. If you had to like mocap every single conversation, nobody would do that, uh-huh. right? Because that's crazy. And I kind of feel like recording dialogue for every conversation in a thing that needs to be extremely content heavy in order to exist as a meaningful token of its type, it's just as impractical. Do you think that companies are doing voice because they believe that that it's just if they don't do voiced stuff that people won't take them seriously or I don't know. I mean, wow has Minimals. very very occasional voice acting, right? And I mean, nobody bought that. <laughs> like El- the Elder Scrolls online like they they announced their voice cast and I was like <coughs> who fucking cares? Like uh, people must people must care right like this must be a thing that the marketing guys have decided is worth doing because it doesn't seem like or it is it is something that the game designers or game directors feel is making it closer to a cinematic experience because what they really want to be doing is making interactive movies. But it's never going to be. Like, an MMO is never going to be like that. And there are so many other axes on which it needs to move closer to that than audio from an actor whose voice you recognize. I don't know. Like, eh, man. I don't know. It... 
I'm glad that Bethesda is just made of money. This isn't even Bethesda, is it? I don't know. Is it Bethesda? I thought it was Bethesda. Yeah. No, I guess it is. But it's a separate team, and if this is a failure, it like doesn't mean that there's not going to be another Fallout or another yeah. real Elder Scrolls game anytime soon. But if like, I would be, I would be scared if they were honestly like staking the future of that franchise on this because it's just like, I don't know. It seems like a thing that was crazy risky to do at all, and they are just like following in the footsteps of every prior failure that has resulted in the same category of risk. And it's, I don't know. It was, it was just, it was disappointing. You know, I was like excited about it. And then when I started playing it, I was like, God, this is fucking boring. And like, mm-hmm. you can't, everyone looks exactly the same. You cannot tell the bad guys from other players. I mean, it like, it's that environment is not cut out for a big multiplayer game like that. I don't think like every, Everything about it that makes it an MMO is a compromise of the single-player RPG experience, and everything about it that tries to make it more like the single-player RPG experience is a compromise of the MMO. It's like... Extremely soloable MMOs, like... That is one thing that WoW did that was part of what made it really accessible and really popular, but... I think that generally what you end up with is a thing that was really expensive and has a bunch of really shitty counterintuitive things about it because it's an MMO when it would have been better as just a single player experience if that's what you're trying to deliver to people. I wonder if they had just taken the content that they put into Star Wars The Old Republic and actually made Knights of the Old Republic 3 through 9... Mm -hmm if they would have made significantly less money. Hmm. I mean, well, you know, everybody, if they're, everybody, if they're everybody wants a, to... That if they're charging 60 bucks for, for each uh, one of those, so there's six games, 360 I mean, so it depends on, it depends on if the average, if the average The Old Republic player subscribed for, what, six months, eight months? Hmm. Four months per episode, like let's say that was enough material to make five single player RPGs, like, and it, you know it doesn't fucking work that way, right? But yeah. you know, I would probably play a bunch of single player Knights of the Old Republic games that were made out of those assets. Like, I thought the art direction was good. Like, there was nothing. Like, most of the. Most of the complaints that were actually leveled against the game on the internet were just horseshit. Like, the same kind of thing that everything on the internet is. Mm-hmm. Like, people talk about how terrible the graphics in World of Warcraft are, mm-hmm. and that's because people are just stupid and don't, Rainbows don't, in actu- Diablo don't actually understand what things are important about a thing. Yeah. And, like, you know, and maybe they're worried. Maybe they're listening to those people. What? No Jennifer Hale. I'm not buying it. It's like, well, Okay. You're probably going to complain when the next expansion never comes out because this fucking folds because it was so expensive. And all of that money went towards not making the product better, hmm. but towards putting a bunch of voice acting into it. Right. So, good job, bro. Glad we listened to you. It's just that guy's fault. Uh, hey, you guys see anything in the news that caught your attention? Uh, I mean, I was going to talk about Irrational shutting down, mm. or 
winding down, as Ken Levine said. Um, <clears throat> so it sounds like they're basically laying off all but a handful of people, and it's not really clear whether that is just because they didn't make enough money from Bioshock or whether that's because they actually do want to focus on some sort of next generation of replayable narrative game experience or something. I mean, a lot of... Uh, essentially, all of everybody that, I, that I've that i talked to or heard talk about this industry-wise is like, yeah, Ken Levine is a prick and framing it this way. Like, the trouble is because it's a big company because it's a company with shareholders and because it's a company where all of its, all of its communication is going to come out through a layer of PR sanitization. Just everything that you know about it is just guaranteed to be a lie. So like could be that the publisher shut them down and they were like, you know, Ken, if you want to keep working for us, you can. So why don't you say this was your idea and you decided to make a smaller thing with a smaller team and then pick 15 of your dudes to bring with you because otherwise, you know, it's that or the highway. Or Ken wanted to quit and they were like, you can't quit. You're fired. You're you're contractually obligated to work for us for another two years. But what is almost certainly not the truth is whatever we were told. (laughs) I mean, that's a really cynical way of looking at everything. And I don't know if if that's fair. Sure. I don't know that you get the whole story a lot of the time, but who knows? <clears throat> so, I don't know. Um, it's possible that they'll make other Bioshock games. It's not like the IP disappears or goes away with Rational. 2K owns all that, so we'll see what happens. I want, like, Eldritch, except in the Bioshock universe. Mm. Okay. And also it's a 2D platformer, like Spelunky. <laughs> L-Shock. Yeah, El Shocky. El Shocky. Uh, mine was that apparently there was an accidental leak in the World of Warcraft in-game cash shop, and uh, they there was just a button that was like upgrade a character to level ninety for sixty dollars. So sixty dollars is their price point for making it so you don't play any of the good <laughs> parts of World of Warcraft on another character. It makes me sad that. That there's so many people who feel like leveling a character isn't fun because that was my favorite part of that yeah, game. Yeah, definitely. Although, I, I mean, mean, that's where all the content is. That's where all the stuff is. Well, it's where a lot of the content is. I mean, there's a lot of content at the end game, too, but. It used to be that the stuff, the raid stuff, was way cooler than other stuff, right? Like, there was nothing in the early leveling game that was as impressive as Karazhan, right. for instance. Right. But, like,. Everything in the later expansions is as cool as Karazhan. Hmm. And, like, Cataclysm more or less moved everything up to the... Like, just all of the phasing stuff makes it so that there are these, like, set pieces and sort of meaningful change story beats and stuff as you're leveling. And, like, there's just... There's no excuse. There's no excuse to be obsessed with the repetitive endgame content anymore because it's not even cooler than the rest of the stuff <laughs> of which there is a thousand times as much hmm. it's so it's so fucking weird like I I guess most people don't want to play World of Warcraft the way that I do which is real intently for like a month or two at a time and mm-hmm. then just keep paying for it month after month after yeah. month even though you're not playing it <laughs> right whereas yeah. to me it's less it's it is more convenient to not like I just subscribe a year at a time 
and just don't even think about it, right? Like, World of Warcraft is just a utility that is there like hot water. if I need it. Yeah, it's like hot water. You know, you know. sometimes I'll just go six months without using any hot water. Hot and cold running goblins. That's fine. But, yeah. Such a weird thing. You know, I, I, I don't object to, to them selling it to people. Yeah. I just sort of... I, mean, I just sort of like weep for right. It's sad to see that people want that. I mean, I can imagine. I can if if I was the sort of guy who who played like if World of Warcraft was the only game I ever played. If that was my singular hobby, and I had already played six characters from zero to to the level cap, and f- I for some reason wanted to join. A, a group of friends who were making a new raiding guild and I wanted to make a new character for that but I didn't want to play through all that stuff again then I, I could maybe see taking that option but but yeah not not for like a first character or a second character or even a third character yeah I mean I wonder I, I don't know that it's Available to somebody right out of the gate like that. I guess it doesn't necessarily hurt for it to be, but like, I mean, it used to be that if you were going to level a character to the cap in vanilla WoW, that probably required you to subscribe for several months. Mm-hmm. Right? And I don't know if that's true anymore. <coughs> like, I got a guy to the level cap in the Old Republic in the first month of playing, and I feel like most of the people who were seriously playing that game level capped in the free month. Hmm. And I think that that I don't remember how long it took me to to level my my current character to the cap. I want to say it was a month or two. Played or real time? Oh, uh, I think real time. Because I think I think that when my guy hit sixty the first time, I had about two weeks of played time. Which I have no sense of how took long like a year or more. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe maybe I can go. I'll I'll go check what my slash plate is on that character and uh, report back next time. Hmm. Yeah, World of Warcraft. It's pretty cool if you like video games. Yep. Hey, speaking of video games, this assignment Republic. Yeah, Republic. Uh, what'd you think, Griff? I uh, I really liked it. I I I have always liked stealth games conceptually, but if I actually try and sit down and play like Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid is a game where you attempt to sneak, but then a guard happens to see you, and now you're playing a third-person shooter. And I really don't like third-person shooters, but this game was I don't know. It was a lot more. It was a lot more tactical. It was a lot more. I, I felt it was a lot more stealth focused than even Metal Gear Solid is or feels like to me even though stealth is supposed to be the thing about Metal Gear Solid because there's no shooting in this game or well at least as far as I got I guess there is there's, a pistol that you can get eventually but there's fighting I mean you you can I mean for the well okay I played for about four hours before I got seriously distracted by Bravely Default and Danganronpa uh, Ronpa, I keep getting that wrong, but um, the the for the the parts of the game that I played, if you got caught, the you used up one of your pepper sprays, and your pepper sprays were basically your getting caught lives, right? Does that does I that guess. change when you get 
further on? Because I, I, I guess never you got eventually caught, get. So a, I don't know. I, I I believe you eventually get can get a taser, and you later do. you can get a gun. Maybe. I've never got a gun. Okay, maybe I, I, maybe I, I just assumed that. But. Only playing this game for about twenty minutes. Oh Jesus! Wow. I every time there was an opportunity to get caught, I got caught, and so I was like, "There is no way." Okay. There is like, I am. I like this. I like this game now. But if I keep playing it, I am going to get so angry and so frustrated and have such a bad taste in my mouth about it that I am just going to let it exist as a fun experience that I can imagine having, but that I just don't need to have. Like it. Because the opening, you know, 10 minutes of it, what should have been 10 minutes of it probably, were were pretty linear. I didn't really have a lot of trouble negotiating... Most of the game is actually the, pretty linear. The space. There's not a lot of branching. But, like, the fact that your viewpoints were limited and would shift in ways that were really confusing and disorienting and like I was when I when I started playing this game I thought I was I was like oh man I'm really worried about Zach's ability to play this because it if you can conceptualize what the 3D space looks like shifting from camera to camera is not a big deal mm-hmm. but if you're if you're having any kind of hard time sort of keeping a map in your head of what this place looks like then bouncing around from camera to camera is incredibly confusing. Yeah, it's super disorienting. Right? Like, like, because it also doesn't... And, I mean, you you talked about that. Like, it zooms you toward it a little bit, and then it zooms you backwards into the, into the camera where you are. If it had just been a straightforward, like, there is a little bug that becomes the camera that flies from the one that you're currently in to the one that you're moving to, then I think it would have been a little bit less disorienting. But the fact that it was like, all right, we're also just going to rotate you... Well, yeah, because, I mean, you're looking through yeah, the camera. Yeah, no, I, I know, I know. But yeah. it's, uh, like, it, this it just wasn't going to be for me. The thing that, like, I was so excited about it based on the sort of tone and mood of it. I also like that they added a speech-to-text guy where a lot of the dialogue comes from. Yeah, I, really, a, I, I like that as a concept, but the voice that they chose, I just couldn't listen to. I, I had there to was stop. that and the fact that all of the actual content that he said was so dumb. Like, oh, See, I didn't all, know because I stopped uh, listening. Jesus. <laughs> well, I just so like that dumb. They, because it was a way for them to put a lot of stuff in there without having to do the voice recordings. Yeah. I, I really think that facility would be better off if they hired guards that weren't huge nerds. <laughs> all of them had a, had a video game cartridge on them pretty yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. And just like the, the dialogue in the game, the, like the plot dialogue was reasonable. And the dialogue, the sort of the text that was associated with talking about those items was so bad that, that like, that was this just crazy weird schism in my head. Like, like what the fuck? It's yeah, like, it's like, like these they, are they, totally different people did making they this let game. Kickstarter backers write the item descriptions? I don't know. Mm, I really don't, I don't know. know. Because that would make sense, right? It, like, it would make sense why they were so bad if they were just completely random if people they were it's possible crowdfunded like crowds yeah the the like the little weird places here and there that had like kickstarter mentions were just strange like i guess a lot of the guard dossiers were they just said kickstarter backer yeah, right yeah. on well that i mean but there, like, was, I, there was I, I guess one those of were those was, actual was pictures straight and up stuff. Uh, um Tyco or yeah, Tyco, Tyco from yeah. Penny Arcade, and it was the cartoon Tyco the cartoon. on the yeah. passport or whatever. 
that was really uh, took me out of it yeah yep. that's pretty I feel like everybody else provided a photo so that was that was definitely weird hmm. um, yeah I, I, like I'm glad that this thing exists yeah yeah it is a fun game and I intend to keep playing it and I didn't understand so like it the vast majority of it was like this just sort of really interesting kind of cool stealth game and then out in the middle of the game there was just this one sort of dumb puzzle hmm. did you get to that part riff I, I guess not i i the, got to i got to slightly after you get like the first os upgrade like after you go into that fireplace is is more or less where I stopped. That's that. So that fire, the that where you have to turn the paintings. Yeah, yeah. That's the oh, puzzle. Oh, that's what you're talking about, huh? Yeah. I just sort of hammered on it, and then oh, the fireplace is open. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That it just seemed weird because up to that point, everything had been sort of reasonable yeah. and straightforward. And it, it had new icons for that, and I didn't really understand what those new little green gear icons were indicated. Right, well, yeah, because that's the only place where you actually have to interact with something in a strange way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I did enjoy, you know, reading people's emails and going and turning in data that I'd found to the dude, although I I bought everything <clears throat> that apparently you can spend money on, like, right yeah. away. <laughs> yep. So that that did not seem to be balanced very well. Yeah, it, like if you're being really thorough about finding stuff, I think you and the and there's a weird sort of like um how do you put it? Like escalating effect to that, right? Cuz you what you're buying are upgrades which let you get more stuff to sell back to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think if I think it is if you are being sort of casual and just playing through it and not noticing a bunch of stuff, it can take you a long time to get that cash, but if you are being extremely thorough and getting everything, then you'll be able to you'll buy all the upgrades real fast, um, which which on the other hand that's that that's cool because that means you don't have to go backtracking to go find all the the email messages that you couldn't look at before and stuff like sure. that. Sure, sure, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I was able to stealth through the whole game. I never, I never got the like. I mean, I, I guess that's not true. I there were definitely times when I would get caught but then i would just reload mm. instead of being taken back to the cell or having to pepper spray them or whatever like that just seemed like a the notion of you pepper spraying a guard and them not then raising the alarm and everything going just to hell yeah like narratively that just it bothers me mm. right like i mean i guess they decided mechanically that knocking the guard out of commission permanently was too, too good yeah. for a consumable, yeah. but like, I mean, it could have been like pepper spray with rohypnol or something, in it or something right? Yeah. Or, it could, or it could have been made up future gas that blinds you and then makes you forget that you were blind yeah. a half an hour later. Like, uh, yeah, it took some story liberties. Like, if I'm supposed to believe that this fat nerd is a guard in this facility and that, yeah, like. These are his these dumb jokes that the nerd Kickstarter backer wrote. Are well, it isn't though? It's like it's the like that the the voice text is the like your inside man. No, 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 no. I meant the I meant like the things on their passports. Oh, oh, oh. Like mm, yeah, their their yeah. particular their particular problems, crimes, and crimes, crimes and, and stuff. I mean, it's just yeah. God damn it! This is like it's it's just it was totally inappropriate. 
Yeah, it's weird. In a way that is like, I would have, I, I would have really preferred to play this game on a PC. I think. Yeah. There was there was nothing about the touch interface which was positive. I, every really? time I, I wanted, I, I I liked how that felt. I don't know. I thought I thought it was more immersive than I feel like I would have felt. Yeah, I mean it's like because the in the in the fiction you're using a telephone right, to do all right. these things. Sure. Right? But you know, something that I thought was a really really effective use of the medium that it was on is the title screen of the game starts with like this sort of ominous thing about how they're watching you and then it immediately pops up and says Republic would like to use your location allow or don't allow <laughs> like fuck no don't allow that was great that was great that that is where they decided to put that thing like that was just that was a masterful move yeah um, I also like that all their uh, tutorial information is in like warning posters to the guards on the right. walls. That was yep. pretty cool. That was clever. Mm. Whatever you do, don't let people pepper spray you. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like anyone anyone who admits to having been pepper sprayed will be summarily executed. Oh, see, like that, that like that they could have added better. that one poster and it would have explained all of that. Yeah. Uh well, what are we gonna do for next week, guys? Uh, we said we're gonna play a, an NES game. Yes, it is called Strider. Yeah, there's a new Strider game out, and it reminded me that I've never played the old NES. So, Strider game, so uh, NES I th- I think I am uh, conflating it in my mind with uh, Ninja Gaiden. Yes, you are. Okay, so mm-hmm. so what is Strider then? It's a game it's a about side scrolling. Strider. It's a side, no, well, not side scrolling. It's a two D action game. I, I think I've most of it is about going into a being in a parade in like it. a really small car. <laughs> uh, and then like you sing some uh, you, Christian metal. Do you have like a fez? Yeah, I, I don't think Striper is Striper a Christian band, I, dude. I don't I, remember. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, anyway, I it's I don't know if it's a good game or not. I don't either. I kind of liked the arcade Strider. They had that at the they had that at the Safeway. This down one is the apparently a little different. Yeah, I mean it's the the arcade Strider was a sort of a generation after the NES in terms of. Oh yeah. You no, know. well, I mean arcade machines. There was a period of time where arcade machines were significantly more powerful than the most powerful home consoles. I think that was got to be a little less true after the Super NES came out. Hmm. But I mean, Nintendo led the charge. N64 in the arcades, right? Like Killer Instinct came out on Nintendo 64 hardware ahead of the release of that console. So like there there were there were definitely some backs and forths there, but it was a big piece of dedicated hardware. I mean, for a long time like PC games on a high-end PC were way better than NES games prior to the Super Nintendo, and there's no reason you couldn't put that hardware in an arcade game. Do you think the the Ninja Turtles played a sewer Nintendo? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> That's from my list. Is it? <laughs> no. It's a pretty not, good, not pretty at good all. list. <laughs> at least that was a context-sensitive list. All right, guys. Uh, this this is running uh, long because we had so much to say because so much happened in the, in the last two weeks. But um, if somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail for our frequently uh, omitted listener's mail segment. How would they do that, Kevin? Well, they could tweet us at VG Hot Dog. 
they could email us vghotdog at gmail.com or they could check out our website videogameshotdog.com you can submit a question right there on the website videogameshotdog.com yep. pretty or awesome. you can submit some fucking domain squatter spam or whatever <laughs> whatever you want you fucking crazy Russian robot for a limited time only you can join in our forums without some sort of crazy weird bullshit sign up process oh is that for a limited time I have no idea yeah. I'm, right, right now it's it's not crazy and insane like it used to be. So if you've been dissuaded before because you're like, what the fuck? If you've been dissuaded before by us constantly harping about <coughs> how terrible it is. Yeah, so you can come now. Quick, quick. Gentlemen, contrary-wise, recording this episode of Video Games Hot Dog with you has been anything but terrible. In fact, I would go so far as to say that I have enjoyed it a great deal. I, I would uh, concur. Cheerio, good boy. <laughs> have... <laughs> What? Ah, gross. Cheerio? That was a gross phrase. Cheerio good boy? Yeah. It's a gross phrase. What? I'm, I'm done with this. Have a great week, everyone. Goodbye. Cheerio good boy. American cowboy.